welcome to this episode of the National Police Association podcast, Police in Action, Blue Lives Matter and Criminal Sentencing. From Douglas, Nevada, the Record Courier reports the driver in a June 22nd trafficking arrest appeared in East Fork Justice Court on Friday facing a stack of charges racked up over the last five months. Kimberly Ann Maddox, 34 also faces a felony for battery on an officer after she drove away while a deputy was trying to pull her out of her BMW in Indian Hills in August. Maddox was stopped at Vista Grand and the deputy found drugs in plain view in the vehicle. When he opened her vehicle door to take her into custody, she started the BMW and put it in gear as he tried to take control. The car hit two unoccupied parked cars before Maddox shook the deputy loose. Warrants were issued for her arrest and she was taken into custody in Nuba City and returned to Douglas. Maddox is also facing a charge of battery on a person who is 60 years or older after she allegedly attacked a woman in the Inn Johnson Lane in July. Maddox was at the woman's home to speak with her co-defendant in the June case and allegedly jumped the woman and punched her in the face five to six times. On Friday, attorney Chris Brown was appointed to represent Maddox. A tentative preliminary has been set for November 22nd. Maddox is being held in lieu of $158,000 cash bail. According to the Nevada Department of Corrections, Maddox was sentenced to prison for felony driving under the influence in 2013. She was paroled in August 2017. From Stateline, Nevada the Tahoe Daily Tribune reports it's nothing short of a miracle that Sergeant Ron Miller survived to provide a victim impact statement at the sentencing of a man who opened fire on him during a high-speed chase on Kingsbury Grade in April. Stefan DeMar Jefferson, 43, was sentenced to the maximum of 16 to 40 years in prison on Thursday during an emotional hearing before District Judge Todd Young. The fact that you did not kill Sergeant Miller is not your fault, Young said. He is alive today by some other grace. Prosecutor Rick Casper said that when Jefferson opened fire on Miller during the April 26th chase the drivers of the two vehicles were mere feet from one another. In an effort to stop Jefferson before he reached the base of Kingsbury grade, Miller conducted a pursuit intervention technique, bumping into the rear of the Toyota Camry Jefferson was driving. The two vehicles ended up driver's side door to driver's side door facing each other and Jefferson unloaded his gun on Miller, Casper said. The black Toyota Jefferson was driving was spotted in South Lake Tahoe and he was pursued through State Line and over Kingsbury. Of nine rounds fired at Miller, one hit him in the hand. Douglas County Deputy Tyree Holdridge, who was following Miller and saw the gun battle fired his weapon at the rear of the Toyota in a knee for to save his sergeant. He put two officers at risk and deserves the maximum, Casper said. Holdridge said he thought Miller was dead when he saw the gun fire. He's a really good leader, and a friend, and when I saw the gun fire I felt helpless, Holdridge said. Holdridge said he fired his AR-15 at the back of the Camry. Young said Holdridge acted in a heroic fashion during the shooting. While Jefferson was able to get the Toyota rolling again, the maneuver managed to disable it somewhat and he crashed near the bottom of Kingsbury. Holdridge said Jefferson knew he would be shot and surrendered immediately. Miller said as a Christian he forgave Jefferson for his actions. I hope he finds his higher power, he said. 
Miller told the judge that he only sleeps two hours a night, and that his children fear for him when he leaves the house to go to work. He has a titanium plate in his hand and has to wear a glove to improve the circulation. Holdridge said he lost 60% of his hearing as a result of firing on Jefferson in the shootout. Defense attorney Chris Brown said that Jefferson admitted to his part in the shooting, even to his own detriment. He is ready to accept the consequences, she said. While Jefferson was mild during his statement to the judge, he yelled an expletive at Holdridge when the deputy said he felt Jefferson knew exactly what he was doing. That prompted Young to threaten to gag him should he interrupt again. Court documents in support of F3 murder charges and shootings that occurred in Oakland, San Francisco and the University of California campus indicated Jefferson admitted killing three men. According to documents filed with the Alameda County clerk on May 16, Jefferson told interviewers he killed all three men. The rampage began April 26 when Jefferson and his cousin, Marcus Jackson became involved in an argument, in which Jefferson threatened to kill him if he called police. Jefferson took off with Jackson's 2015 Toyota Camry after shooting him in the driveway of his home. Later, he killed Lerone Davis and shot and killed Calvin Kelly, according to the probable cause sheet. He faces a half-dozen counts in connections with the shootings in California. From Montgomery County, Maryland WTOP reports outside the county's 5th District Police Precinct, a group gathered and handed out thin blue line flags in protest of a decision banning the flag from being displayed publicly in police stations in the Maryland County. The organization Brothers Before Others stood outside the precinct, handing out the flag to people in response to County Executive Mark Elrich's decision. They want us to give up this flag and surrender it because they say it's a bad thing. That's not going to happen, said Rob O'Donnell, who was with the group. The group organized the event after Elrich banned the public display of a wooden thin blue line flag, which had been given as a gift by a father and son to the station on National First Responders Day. Elrich said he was concerned because the flag has been adopted by Blue Lives Matter, which was formed in response to the Black Lives Matter movement. O'Donnell said the gathering at the station on Friday afternoon is meant to show support for the department's police officers. It is a chance for others to speak up about the decision, as police officers in the department cannot, he said. To say this, the flag, was created to be anti-any other movement, to say this is a divisive symbol is just outrageous, O'Donnell said. You know, five minutes of research would have proved otherwise. O'Donnell believes the move by Elrich is strictly political because a similar thin red line flag given to the nearby fire department from the same family did not spark controversy. At a news conference on Monday, Elrich said that there are some in the community who are concerned about the levels of violence against black people around the nation and who take the thin blue line flag as dismissive towards Black Lives Matter. Former Montgomery County police officer and former Tacoma Park Police Chief Alan Goldberg said he disagreed with Elrich, and he called banning the public display of the gift a form of censorship that is inappropriate. It is just saying that the police are the thin blue line between chaos and order, and that's what it has always stood for, Goldberg said. Many in attendance criticized Elrich H. for his handling of the situation, among them Mike Gugulis, of Gaithersburg. 
the police support everyone equally, so there's no reason for him to be talking like he is, the man is nuts, Gugulis said. Susie Brown Butler, of Germantown, showed up to the event waving one of the flags. She called Elrich's decision a terrible one. I think he's just picking on the police department, Brown Butler said. During the event, O'Donnell said 100 thin blue line flags were handed out to officers at the station and members of the community. From San Jose, California, KPIX reports an officer shot and killed a man wanted on a warrant on Highway 85, in the Saratoga. The southbound lanes were shut down for more than eight hours as investigators combed through the crime scene. San Jose police say this all started as a traffic stop. It happened in the southbound lanes of Highway 85, near the Winchester Boulevard exit. According to San Jose police, officers pulled a car over, then the adult male passenger pulled out a handgun. That's when an officer fired, striking the man at least once. He was pronounced dead at the scene. As investigators collected evidence, southbound Highway 85 was closed from Saratoga Avenue to Winchester Boulevard creating a traffic nightmare. Ali, who got stuck in the traffic said, it took me an hour to go three miles. It's bad, I got stuck for an hour and a half and I'm trying to get to Gilroy, another driver added. The San Jose Police Department says both the Homicide Unit and the Santa Clara District Attorney's Office are investigating this case. The officer who fired the shots has been placed on paid administrative leave. The driver of the car was unharmed and questioned by police. The officers were not injured in the shooting. From St. Louis, Missouri, St. Louis Today reports police and supporters raised thousands of dollars on Sunday to benefit Detective Sean Cleveland, the officer shot and injured at a Normandy High School reunion last month. Cleveland, 28, has been with the department for five years. He was shot in October along with four other people after a fight broke out in the 10,000 block of Crown Point Drive in North St. Louis County. Cleveland, a graduate of Normandy High School, was shot once in the side. His liver, one of his lungs and one of his kidneys were punctured, police said. He must undergo one more surgery, his mother Lockwood Loman said. It's unclear when he will return to work. He's healing slow, but he's progressing, Loman said. Mentally is the part of it that will take a while. Sunday's fundraiser, organized by the Ethical Society of Police and the St. Louis Police Officers Association, included Demos Pizza, drinks, lively karaoke and raffle prizes. Attendees hugged, chatted and laughed while people lined up to sing hits like Beyonce's Single Ladies and Lizzo's Truth Hurts. Organizers were pleased by the turnout. The event raised more than $15,000. Cleveland does a lot of work, a lot of overtime, his supervisor Sergeant Rob Lambert said. This is to help him pay the bills. Lowman said she and her son were overwhelmed by the support from the police department and the community at large. Lowman is also a police officer, currently working for Metro Security, and said she raised her kids to value serving others. He's a very passionate person, Lowman said. Helping people is what he's supposed to be doing. Being a police officer, he helps people. That's what we all do. Cleveland's friends described him as having a million-dollar smile. Cleveland's first partner in the field, Det. Rick Van Doytecombe, described Cleveland as solid, dependable and hard-working.
His partner for the past two years, Detective Erica Ellabricht, said when her mother died a couple months ago, Cleveland made a sizable donation to the funeral fund. We are trying to be strong for him, Ellabricht said. We are trying to do what he would do for us. We're sad, we miss him, but we want to help him get better. I want people to know that they couldn't be helping a better guy. He's a good person, and a good detective. This news brought to you by the National Police Association. To learn more about how you can help law enforcement accomplish its goals visit nationalpolice.org.